World's on fire. Our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. <laughs> But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. i got to ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Hey, I'm feeling a little bit lighthearted today. Don't know why, <laughs> but I am. Feeling a little light. Let's let's start this off with something a little bit lighthearted today, Spencer. I should have said something to you. All Bob's money. All Bob's money. It's about the fourth one down there. I I watched this this morning and thought, yeah, boy, is this ever is this ever the truth? So just sit back, relax, take a deep breath. Let's get off on a fun note here this morning. Bob, all Bob's money by the Beatles. Here we go. Tuition free. Ladies and gentlemen. The candidates. Does adulthood dismay you of me? And I'll pay you. You won't have to grow up. It's true. All your bills will be paid. Your adulthood delayed. And I'll give all this money to you. Bob commuted to college. For discounted knowledge, so large debts he would not accrue. Lived at home, did some chores. Now he'll also pay yours. Wait, I didn't agree. Cause I'll give all his money to you. I already paid off my loans. All this money. Now wait just one second. You will get from Bob. I lived in a basement for four years. All this money. My school didn't have a rock climbing wall. All your work wages risen, your debts all forgiven, your child care will be paid for too. One three It would be funny if it wasn't so daggone true, wouldn't it? Uh, it, That's that's really, really where where we're heading. I don't know why I'm so lighthearted today because there's so much crap going on around us. But I got some some other good stuff I can give you. And Myra, uh, let's get serious here. Go ahead and praise in here real quickly, dear, and and then I'll I'll try to sober up here and get off of my happy high here. Listen, you didn't turn in here to be happy, did you? You turned in here to get yelled at today. Go ahead. Just coach. So the reading today will be from James 4, 11 through 14. That is James 4, 11 through 14. It is written, Speak not evil one of another, Breton. Wow. <laughs> Whoa. We can stop right there. Go ahead. By the, by the way, hang on, Myra. Hey, friends, that's worse than saying a swear word. Go ahead. Ooh. Yes. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judgeth his brother speaketh evil of the law and judgeth the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. 
there's one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who art thou that judges another? Go to now, be ye that they say, today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow for what is your life. It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Amen on that. Holy Spirit, you're welcome to Coach Dave Haddle, and we open our hearts to you. I release the anointing that breaks the power of evil. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That's a very powerful verse right there. Let me just camp here a second, folks, because I want you, I want you to see what this doesn't say. This does not say don't judge. That's not what that's not what it says. It says, speak not evil one, speak not evil one of another brothers. Talking about Christians, right? Not talking about the world. He that speaketh evil his brother and judges his brother. That's a wrong word. That's a wrong word. Judges, right? Because what we do is we bear witness. We have to bear witness to the truth. And they've taken this and they've and they've stressed it to say that you shouldn't judge your brother. Here, here's look, folks. Life will become so, so much simpler for all of you, me included. If when we get butt hurt, raise your hand if you've been butt hurt. Oh yeah, I know a lot of a lot of you've been butt hurt. That's all right. If you've been butt hurt, ask yourself this very simple question: When you get butt hurt, why does that bother me? Why does that bother me? Or better yet, maybe ask yourself this: What is bothering Betty that she would say that? See. Judging, ju judging gives the gives the impression you've heard all the evidence. Once you've heard all the evidence, then judgment can come. But when somebody does something or says something or something happens, we are quick to impute unrighteous motives on the person who did it, and we don't really even know. We don't have any idea what they're dealing with. We don't know if they had an argument with their spouse. We don't know if they lost their job. We don't know if they got a big uh, a bill in the mail. We don't know if there's a thousand, thousand things that could impact your daily attitude. We don't know what that is. So what this really is saying to us is give your brother some slack, will you? Will you give your brother some slack? And what we have a tendency to do is because uh, our son ticked us off, S-O. In our child ticked us off. We carry that with us. And then when Myra says something to me, I strike out at Myra. We do a lot of that. It's called displacement. You gotta be careful with that, friends. You gotta be careful. And, and can I just say this as honestly as I can? There's a lot of that goes on here in the huddle. A lot of it. That people are having issues with jobs or finances. That could be a million different things, right? Could have just not slept good. And then you come up and then you we tend we tend to impugn motives on somebody else that they didn't have. That's why it says don't judge your brother. You don't know what he's dealing with. So simply ask yourself, golly, boy, coach sure seems on edge today. I wonder what set him off. Because most times when you get attacked by a loved one or you attack or somebody attacks you, they're not mad at you. Something else has built up like a pressure gauge, a pressure valve, like a volcano. Boom. We call it projection. Projection is the act of taking what I feel and putting it on another. We've got to be careful with that. That's, that's what this is. This is what that's what this is saying. Don't don't you hope sometime when you stand before the Lord, if he's really gracious and he really forgives you of all your sins, don't you pray that when you stand before the righteous judge? He's going to take in consideration some of the things that you were dealing with. You would do that, wouldn't you? What, don't you even do that with your own children or your own friend? One of your friends acts a certain way, and you know they're acting that way because something had happened to them. And can we believe that the righteous judge, we're going to stand before the righteous judge, and he's going to say, dude, look, I know what happened. I, I, yeah, I, get, I get it. I get it. I get it. Now, that kind of flow flows against theology, doesn't it? But that's really what it means to repent. Come back and say, Lord, man, I'm sorry. Lord, I took out on, on Betty. I wasn't mad at Betty. I shouldn't have said that, Lord. 
But think about how personally we take it when somebody attacks us. And then when somebody attacks us, what do we want to do? Then we want to find somebody else to do what? Speak evil of about Coach Dave or about whoever it would be. We have to, when something like that's going on, my wife just lost her sister. I don't want to get too private here. Um, my wife just lost her only sister. And they'd been they'd been kind of estranged. And so uh, a reaction to how do you deal with it? How do you deal with it? Because if you think about it, both her sister and Michelle, both were they both were dealing out of a position of, of hurt, right? Hurt. Something happened that those two weren't weren't sisters. What what was that? And so Michelle and I, over the last couple of days, I've been discussing it, saying, well, honey, maybe she was dealing with this, or maybe she's dealing with this. And Michelle said, well, yeah. And, and Michelle's dealing with, she don't want to be rejected. She doesn't want to call and you know try to reconcile and be rejected, had enough rejection, all that stuff. So we, we this scripture is telling us we got to give each other some slack here, man. Hey, friends, listen, there's 108 of us here down a little bit today. I'm going to tell you this. Other people in this huddle, they ain't your enemy. <laughs> now, I also going to tell you this. You better hear me. Your children aren't your enemy. Your spouse isn't your enemy. Your friends aren't your enemy. So if we would ask ourselves this, why do we take it out on those we love? But why do why do I take it out on my wife? What does my wife take it out on me? Because we know why. It's a vent, right? It's a place to vent, to vet, to blah. To puke. So when we get these ourselves in these situations, just ask ourselves, why do you react like that? What's he dealing with that I don't know about? What was that big bill? He just got his furnace just went out. Huh? His car just blew up. And so you got that Bible talks about the root of bitterness. Actually, it says this: don't let the sun go down on your wrath, because it gets inside you and it percolates. Percolates. There's an old saying, hurt people, hurt people. Hurt people, hurt people. So when somebody says something to you that puts you back a little bit or hurts your feelings, ask yourself, man, I wonder what he's dealing with. That's not like him. What's he dealing with? And can I also be, be honest with you? A lot of times we love to come in here and puke on each other. We what? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We love to get in here and puke on it. When the show's over and we go into the after show, we love to puke on each other of all the stuff that you've been dealing with all your all your day that makes you sick week after week, this and this and this and this and this. We can't wait to get in here and puke on each other. So I would I would suggest this, uh, and I've said this before, find a puking buddy. Find somebody in here that you know that you can call and puke with and, and they won't get mad. They'll get they'll let you puke. They'll un- they'll understand it, right? They'll understand it. Because we all need that outlet. Now, we know this. My outlet is my wife. I puke on her. She pukes on me. We love each other, right? We iron it out. And a lot of times we puke on our spouse, and then we never iron it out. We puke on our spouse, and our spouse is mad, and then we sleep on it. We get up the next morning, and we start puking as soon as we get up, right? So, uh, again, I don't know how I got on this, but I think it's important. Just consider... uh, just consider, man. What's making him act like that? Is it a demon? Maybe it's a demon. But there's something that's making making them respond like that. And we have to try to be as hard as it is. That's this is kind of Christianity, right? Christianity one on one, one on one. We try not to take offense. We try not to pick up. A, okay, Lord, I heard that. Because the scripture for the day is uh, down to the next last six things the Lord hates. Pull that up for me real quickly. Six things. This is for all those people that say God is love. Um, Just run down through these real quick. These six things the Lord hates. It's a pretty strong word, isn't it? In fact, I heard somebody say yesterday on, I was on a, uh, I was on Bridie on yesterday with Dr. Alan Keyes. That was a real surprise. I got to be on with him yesterday. But I was listening to a show and somebody said, "God, God is incapable of hate. And I wanted to go through the screen. What? God's perfectly balanced. If he loves, he hates. You get that? If he gets happy, he gets sad. He's perfectly balanced, right? And if if you would, golly, if you would just Google, just Google, Spencer, do it. Do it for me. Google real quick here. Uh, uh, 
What does God hate? See what it says. See what see see what pops up here. Does God hate? Uh, God questions that gives you. God it tells you. Eh. Some of these will list all the scriptures where it talks about God hating, hating. So the so look, no one should be surprised to learn that God does hate some things. Let me ask you a question. Why would anybody be surprised? How can you be a Christian and not know God hates? But it says here. No one should be surprised to learn that God does hate some. You mean you're an adult and you don't know God hates? You've been in church and you don't know God hates things? He created us with the capacity to both love and hate. And we acknowledge that hatred is sometimes justified. We naturally hate things that destroy what we love. Wow. It's part of our being created in the image of God. When the, when the Bible speaks of God's hatred, the object of his hatred is sin and wickedness. Among the things God hates are idolatry, child sacrifice, sexual perversion, and those who do evil. Proverbs lists seven things he hates. I'm going to get to that. Notice that this passage does not include the things, just things God hates. It includes people as well. The reason is simple. Sin cannot be separated from the sinner. Oh, man, this is good. God questions isn't always good. This is good. You cannot separate the sin from the sinner. You cannot. If I'm a rapist, you can't separate me from the act of rape. I did it. It is That's what makes me what I am, right? Notice that this passage does not include just things. The reason is simple. Sin can't be separated. Christ hates lying, yes, but lying also involves a person, a liar. God hates liars. The Bible clearly teaches that God loves people of the world. God spared wicked Nineveh, bringing them to repentance. God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. He is patient to an extreme, not wanting anyone to perish, but for everyone to come to repentance. This is all proof of love. God must be so patient. Why would he have, if he didn't get mad, why would he have to be patient? Why would he have to be patient if he doesn't get mad? Wow. At the same time, Psalm 5 says God hates all evildoers. Psalm 11.5 says the wicked and those who love justice he hates with a passion. He doubly hates that, right? So uh, it says in here, before a person repents and believes in the Lord Jesus Christ, he is the enemy of God. And they've taught us in church that we're all God's people. We're all one family and friends. That is not true. It's not true. It's not true. David writes, you're not a God who delights in the wickedness. Evil may not dwell with you. By contrast, those who take refuge in God will be glad and every sing for joy. Both Psalm 5 and Psalm 11 draw a stark contrast between the righteous, those who take refuge in God, and the wicked, those who rebel against God. The righteous and the wicked make different choices and have different destinies. One will see the ultimate expression of God's love, and the other will know the ultimate expression of God's hatred. Wow. We cannot love with a perfect love, nor can we hate with a perfect hatred, but God can both love and hate perfectly because he's God. God can hate without sinful intent. Boy, there's a good one. Can you hate without sinful intent? Can you hate without wanting to get even? That's where it leads us, right? God's the perfect judge. And just like I said, he evaluates every situation. He can hate the sinner in a perfectly holy way and still lovingly forgive the sinner at the moment of repentance. In his love for all, God sent his son to the Savior. The wicked who are still unforgiven, God hates for their many sins, for they have rebelled, Psalm 5. But, and this is important, God desires that the wicked repent of their sin, find retribution. God is not vengeful. God does not say, I'm going to get even. I'm going to get even. We do that, right? At the moment of saving faith, the wicked sinners removed from the kingdom of darkness, transferred to the kingdom of love. All enmity is dissolved, all sin removed, and all things are made new. So, folks, you have to be translated from the kingdom of darkness, which God hates, into the kingdom of his dear son. And if you're in the kingdom of darkness, which, by the way, is most of the world, God wills that none of you stay there. He wants everybody to be saved. That's his will, that everyone would be saved. But if you don't get translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son, you are an enemy of God. Why won't they, why won't they tell us that message in church? Huh? Why? No wonder nobody wants to be a Christian. 
What, what do you gain by it? What do you, well, you, golly, you gain it. You can't commit adultery anymore. You can't, God, you can't have any fun. And God loves everybody anyway. I'm just going to keep on doing all this stuff because God loves me. That's what they told me in church. In fact, when I was 12, I walked an aisle, said a prayer, and I'm going to live however I want to because God loves me. Really? If you're one of his kids, he does. If you're in his kingdom, he does. So what am I saying? I don't know about you. I don't love my brothers and sisters in the huddle the same way I love the evildoers. I don't love them the same. Are the people here in in our group that make me angry? Of course. Are there times I want to puke? Of course. But you're my brother. I don't, you're my brother. You're in the kingdom of light. You're not in the kingdom of darkness. So I don't hate you. You irritate me. You make me sick a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm going to judge you because I don't know what the heck's going on in your life. I'm not going to pass judgment on you because I don't know what you're dealing with. Say, dude, what can I do to help you? Why are you so angry? How can I help you get rid of that anger? It's destroying you. It's bitterness coming out of your mouth. You don't want to live like that. How can I help you? Because some of you know, get around toxic people. You know what toxic people are, right? Whew, I don't want to be around him. All he does is part of my French bitch and moan and complain. Holy smoke, get me away from that guy. Well, that came from the Lord. Six things the Lord does hate. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. And by the way, uh, it might be a good idea if you hated them too. If you did, because he's speaking to us who are in the kingdom of light. See, he, he couldn't, this is sound awful. He couldn't care less about what you're doing in the kingdom of darkness. He couldn't care less. You're not in his kingdom. He doesn't he didn't like it, but he couldn't care less. This is directed at us, those who are in the kingdom of his dear son, those of us who walk in the kingdom of light. This is who this is written to. So you can be in the kingdom of his dear son and have a proud look. He hates that. You can be in the kingdom of God and have a lying tongue, and he hates that. You can be in the kingdom of God and have hands that shed innocent blood. And the church supports abortion. Are you kidding me? Is there anything more innocent than an unborn baby in the womb? God hates that. He also hates a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations. In other words, one thing to think it in your head, but boy, to let it get into your heart. Want to get even angry about this? I'm going to get him. Where do I get them? Where do I get my out of the mouth of a believer? Are you kidding me? Now, wait a minute. Towards another believer. Towards another believer. Can I tell you? Can I tell you the truth? I pray Hillary Clinton gets what she deserves. I pray Joe Biden gets what he deserves. I pray Mitch McConnell gets what he deserves. I, pr- I that's what I, that's what I, those who are in that kingdom of darkness, who are doing nothing except destroying the lives of others. I pray they get they either come to the knowledge of the truth or they be exposed and they get what they deserve. Does that make me a bad Christian? No, I think it makes me a good one. He also hates a heart that deviseth wicked imagination. I was thinking about this yesterday. Maybe I'm going to do a video on this. Sorry for the rant this morning. Stay with it. I'm in a good mood. We have a president of the United States that's clearly mentally challenged. Say it in a nice way. We joke, we all joke that Joe Biden doesn't know what he's doing. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't, but certainly some type of dementia. It's, a, it's an open secret, right? Let me ask you a question. What about all those members of Congress who know it? Huh? You think Jim Jordan knows it? Huh? You think Nancy Pelosi knows it? What about all these people who know that he is mentally challenged and leading, supposedly leading this nation? Do they have an obligation, even the guys on our team, even the guys on their team, do they have an obligation for the sake of the nation to speak up? Yeah, yeah. But see, they're not on our team. They're not on our team. A heart that devises wicked imaginations, and here we go. Feet that be swift in running to mischief. Mischief begins with gossip. 
Misery loves company. You can't wait to find somebody that you can get on the phone with and moan and groan and puke on each other. I'm just telling you the truth here today. The Lord hates it. it. Says it right there. He hates that man. Boom. One of his kids. He hates that. That's not even my boy. I don't know who that is. That is not my kid. Feet that be swift and running to mischief and a false witness that speaketh lies. And he that soweth discord among brethren. Wait a minute. Whoa. He is a pronoun, isn't it? He. So God actually hates he. Hates he. Not just someone who sows. No, no, he hates it. No, he hates it. So this should not be spoken of in Christian circles. These things right here. If you're guilty of those and you're in the kingdom of of his dear son, you're walking in the kingdom of God and you're doing this stuff, you better check yourself because the Bible says he hates it. And see, it's that carnal nature, carnal desire. And men want to do that way. Come on in, Roger. I saw you try to get in here a couple of weeks. I got to come back and show you something here real quick. Come on in, um, Roger. Just two things. One is I've never liked that Proverbs uh, looks like 19 because I've, I've always felt that it's been used to silence people where it says, he that soweth discord among the brethren. Um, I personally don't think it's any, there's anything wrong to discuss what is going on in the church, good or bad. Amen. To discuss in a deacon meeting the ups and downs of things. But I believe that <clears throat> that has been utilized over the years to shut people up, especially the lay people. What are your thoughts? Uh, well, that, that's a, exactly what January 6th is all about, right? See, they're saying we're sowing discord. Well, first of all, those aren't our brothers. <laughs> those, guys, those guys sitting in Congress, evidently they're not our brothers, right? We're not, they're sowing the discord. And so, we, again... It's a, it's a fine line because we are called to hold our brothers accountable. But if I got a problem with Betty, I ain't calling Jeff Nell to talk about it. You understand? I'll talk to my wife, maybe. But I'm not going to sow discord amongst brethren. Brothers. Discord amongst brothers. I try to, I don't know about you, I try to sow discord Amongst the devil's team. I love doing that. I think that's a good move. Rich, come on in then, Jack. I got more to go. Go ahead. Yeah, I uh, I was looking at Psalms. Uh, where's it at? Psalms 33, 18 to 22. It almost is like the flip side of the coin to what, what we were just reading. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him. Yeah. Does that mean, Rich, does that mean his eye isn't on those that don't fear him? <laughs> yeah. His eye is upon yeah. those who hope in his mercy to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waiteth for the Lord. He's our help and our shield. For our heart shall rejoice in him because we have trusted in his holy name. Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us according as we hope in you. Wow, it's a good one. Jack. Yeah, there's a there's a huge difference as as Roger was just pointing out. There's a huge difference between discord and disagreement. We're Amen. supposed to engage each other. We're not supposed to cause a rift and and throw fire on it. We're supposed to fix it, not make it worse. That's right. Especially when we don't get our way, Jack. That's sowing discord amongst the brethren. We don't get our way and then we go and we then we gossip and we try to Look, there's nothing wrong with politicking behind the scenes and trying to get people to agree with you. That's okay. But when it gets to the point where you're actually sowing discord, in other words, hey, hey, Spencer, are you on top of it today? What's discord? What's discord? Pull up Mr. Webster. What did he tell us discord was? Because I think this is the one that we're probably most guilty of, of all of them, sowing discord amongst the brethren. Boom. Uh-huh. Discord, playing music, you have to be on chord, right? On chord. So discord would be not as a disagreement among persons or things. Disagreements in music, disagreement of sounds, disagreements between persons, 
opinions, variants of oppositions, contentions, strife. God does not like those who sow discord amongst the brothers. He doesn't like it. You have good discussions. But uh, this doesn't lead to a very good place. Julie. Good morning, Coach. Good morning, team. Um, What you were saying, um, the Tenth Commandment is, you know, it says, do not bear false witness. Because I'm going to the beginning of that scripture about a false witness who brings out lies. You know, that's one of the Ten Commandments, I think. What's your thoughts? Well, my thought is this, and I've said this before, maybe six years ago, so it's a kind of a rerun here. The Bible doesn't say thou shalt not lie. The Bible says thou shalt not bear false witness against your neighbor. Those are not the same things. Boom. The purpose of the Ten Commandments was to keep you in harmony and relationship with the Lord and with your fellow man. So when he said that that, you should not bear false witness against your neighbor, I should not be talking about things that are not true about my neighbor. I shouldn't be doing that. Because why? God's laws are protective. That's gossip, friends. So the Lord said, stop gossiping. If he could rewrite the Ten Commandments, that may be what he said. Stop, Stop gossiping, will you? Stop bearing false witness against your neighbor. Will you stop doing that? Because I lie often. What? I lie often. My wife comes out of the bedroom and says, honey, how's my hair look? And I think, um, a beautiful. <laughs> looks beautiful. Somebody comes knocking on my door and the FBI shows up and says, where's your wife? And she's hiding in the basement. I'm going to lie. I'm sorry. Because why? The law is protective. I'm going to protect the innocent. So you understand the difference in those two things? Bearing false witness against your neighbor and lying are not the same things. Thanks, Coach. That's my that's my take. Now you can say, boy, oh boy, that guy's crazy. He's, now he's supporting lying. If you said that, then you didn't hear what I said. What person out there would not be partially truthful in order to protect a loved one. Now, if they come to my house and ask me, uh, uh, you know, your son, uh, we think your son was drunk driving or, or not, whatever, that wouldn't, even be, that wouldn't even be a good one. If they came and someone in my family had done something, by the, by the way, the Fifth Amendment, I think it's the Fifth Amendment, tells you you don't have to be a witness against yourself. To be a witness against yourself. So in other words, so that you don't have to lie, they say you don't have to say anything. That's why, that's why they say it, right? But remember, again, God's laws are protective. Sometimes not telling the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Sometimes that's a wise thing. Oh, I'll get the emails. Okay, uh, Myra, quickly. Then uh, get the Cleveland event email ready and the Crushing Hell weekend ready for me, if you would. Go ahead. Yes, Coach. I want to remind everybody that uh, tonight we have the Christian Revolution at 7.30, so we look forward to you joining us. And um, 1 Corinthians 2.9, but as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hey, two things I want to throw up here real quick. I just got confirmation of this this morning. Cleveland, Ohio, Akron, actually. God wins coming up next Saturday, I think it is. Is that Saturday? Is that a, October 15th is Saturday? It's a pretty good crowd, crew, really. Pretty good crew. Dr. Judy, Judy Mikovits is going to be there. Tom Renz is going to be there. Dave Scarlett, Dr. Peter Bregg. It's pretty good, man. And this is going to be taking place all day Saturday in Akron, Ohio. So I just want all of you, uh, they just secured uh, a location. They just did secure the location. That's why they're just now announcing it. And uh, I, I, think I, uh, I think I'm on the docket at about uh, late in the afternoon, just before, just before it closes down. I think maybe I'm speaking like 4.30, something like that. So anybody up in that area, uh, there's more information on that. And then Bobby and his crew out there are doing a crushing hell weekend. Crushing hell, that's on Thanksgiving, I'm sorry, um, 
Halloween weekend. Tom Dunn, David Hevener, Coach Diane Ketterman, David Paxson, Crushing Hell's Weekend, October 28th through the 30th, Hell's Weekend. Experience the biggest human child trafficking, sacrifice, ritual abuse, witchcraft, Satanism, occult, one million children, vanish, yada, yada, yada. This will be held in Millersburg, PA, at a church, Regal's Church. Thank God they're letting us use their church. That's October 28th through the 30th. Love for as many of you to, to come and join that as we possibly can. Cool. Got that? Anything else? Oh, don't forget to go to the, go real quickly, if you would, to the calendar, because uh, Dave and the crew up there in, in Michigan, for you Mich- Michiganders, we're coming to Michigan. I got a busy month. Coming to Michigan, Salt and Light Brigade event, October 22nd. Those of you up near Michigan, come and join us. That's all available right there. Yeah, yeah Coach, can I speak for a minute? Sure, please do, Dave. Yeah. Hey, yeah, I want to encourage anybody that's listening that's in the Michigan area. We're, it's a couple-hour drive from Toledo, but uh, two hours from Lansing. So it's it's a nice location. Um, I believe, you know, a coach is coming to speak. It's going to be a big event. There's a there's an organization up in Michigan called We the County, and they have 18 counties now that have groups. And these, these counties are growing, and these groups are a couple hundred people. And so it's a great opportunity to uh, co uh, uh, exist with these these groups, and they're in like-minded with uh, Pass Assault Ministries. They really are, and they become very active. So I want to encourage everyone, that if you're in the Michigan area and you want to get active, not only in Pass Assault Ministries, but these We the County event, and there's going to be four counties uh, represented at this event, and it's at a, a great park. It's a, a county a fair fairground. They have a farm museum there. It's a really nice setting, so I'm really excited. Coach is coming, and you, you don't want to miss this. I, I encourage everyone to come, and, and you're going to really enjoy this, and, and it's going to be a great event. Amen, Dave. We thank you for all you guys are doing to pass the salt up in that area, and we're honored to be part of it. So, folks, mark that down on your calendar. If you're, you know, anywhere you're in Iowa, you you know, someplace up around there, come and join us. Wisconsin, you guys can drive down there and be, be part of it. We'd, we'd love to see you down there for that as well. Uh, pull up uh, number three, Michael Yaden. You guys know who Dr. Michael Yaden is. Maybe you don't know. He's one of the He's one of the guys out there that's really, really telling the truth. And he posted today uh, the most important single message. Uh, This is one of the uh, frontline doctors, although that's probably not the right word. But he's been screaming and hollering. He's laid his reputation on the line. He was, uh, I think, uh, get it right, Dr. Yaden was at uh, Baylor, I think, could be wrong. He's an expert in this field. And he posted this today, and I want to share share this to everyone, okay? Did, uh, dear everyone who is nervously looking around and is asking, what the hell is going on? I hope this isn't too controversial. It's certainly frightening, but I believe we are still on the right side of a disaster. And if enough of us become aware of what is happening here and everywhere in this democratic world, we can recover the situation. We don't really have long. I believe it's likely things will get irretrievably over this coming winter, hence this urgent and unusual request. Here's what Dr. Yaden's saying. They're going to release something else on it. This is going to be a worse virus winter than the last two that we've been through. That's his point. <clears throat> Everything that's happened and is happening becomes much simpler, and it all makes sense only when you force yourself to think the impossible. If you experimentally adopt the position, just as just pretend, just pre- pretend and take this position. Our government is actively working to harm us, to dismantle modern society and enslave all people in a digitally controlled totalitarian world. If you think that way, just make yourself think that way, that the government's doing this to us on purpose, then it all fits. Nothing is surplus. Even if your immediate response is that this is absurd. Our government wouldn't do that to us. Just try it for a day or so. I ask you further to adopt the experimental position that the media, controlled by just six global corporations, are all allied to a single global organization you've all heard of, is relentlessly lying to you and has been doing it for over two and a half years. Same for the internet, controlled by fewer global corporations and also allied to that same global organization. Stay with me. This isn't long. Because I am certain it's true, 
I'm certain because this is this all started with a scientific fraud relating to a virus, augmented it with a relentless campaign of fear, imposed measures known to be useless, which wrecked the economy and smashed civil society, then coerced most to accept useless, unnecessary, ineffective, and deliberately dangerous injections. Obviously, this is an odious crime. Nothing like this has ever happened before. Wait a minute. Okay, now come on. You got to think government is the enemy. You got to make yourself think that for a minute, okay? I've been 41 years in life sciences, from training to successful biotech, CEO, and was worldwide research head and vice president of Pfizer's respiratory unit. So from 1995 to 2011, this guy was the head of Pfizer's experimentation, okay? He knows what he's talking about. I have absolutely no incentive to say any of this if I wasn't certain. I am certain. This all took place in my wheelhouse, my domain of expertise. It's like he's a mechanic. And he's looking at a car, and he understands cars. I don't understand cars. Maybe you don't understand cars, but you take your car to a mechanic who understands cars. Dr. Yaden is a mechanic. It's what he does. Medicine, it's what he does. Please consider what I've said. I've given over 70 interviews, all censored. I've been foully smeared. It's propaganda. It tells you what they're capable of. Of. Here's what Pfizer's former board member wrote about my accomplishments. You can read that. It's a, it's a hit piece on him. Do I sound like a fool? Many have asked why people don't resist tyrants in the past. Partly it's fear. But it's more than that. It's that normal people like you and me simply cannot imagine anything being so evil. We trust in humanity. And so we should. Most people are good. Few are truly terrifyingly horrible. But some are. It's the ability, it's the inability to believe it's happening that really stopped people objecting when they should have, when the evidence was unmistakable but had not yet quite reached their door, their family. Listen, he says, they are coming for you and your children. It's happening again. There's ample evidence emerging of long-term patient planning. I'm so sorry. It's now up to you. I genuinely don't see what else I can do. Best wishes and sincere thanks, Dr. Michael Yaden. What do you think, Paul? You know what I think, Coach? (laughs) I told you when I first met you um, in Ohio that I was I was bathed in evil. I saw this. There's nothing that surprises me, Coach. I don't know if anybody is familiar with uh, a, another speaker. His name is Zach Bush. Um, he's a he's a brilliant doctor. He he resonates the truth. The day uh, Judy Mikovits, all of them have been fighting this for a long time, right? They could see this coming. They were bathed in the, they were betrayed by the medical society. And I have to, I have to tell you what the powers behind this are. This is, this is trillions of dollars. Our economy depends on this false medical system that we live in right now. It's not going down easy. They're going to fight tooth and nail, and they're going to make you as dependent upon them as they can. Your job is to learn how to take care of yourself and stop eating crap, okay? I mean, there's not going to be a solution for this, Coach, okay? I'm doing my best. I'm in the trenches with Mike in Maine, and I'm just putting out fires. I can't do this functional medicine thing. I can't do all this stuff. It requires too much money, and I'm doing this on a missionary kind of thing. And it's fun, but it's overwhelming because people walk in the door with a Coke in their hand and a Big Mac, and, you know, Mm. they're not going to make it, okay? But the key is do not be afraid to die. 
If you're afraid to die, you, I walked in a hospital yesterday, right? Cause I had to get uh, a neurosurgery consult, the whole nine yards. It was a huge hospital in Bangor. I walked around without a mask on. And one person told me to sign a mask and to put a mask on when I came in. Right. I looked at her and she's having me sign these things on this blank pad for HIPAA. And I says, you're telling me to put a mask on because you're following directions. You want me to sign this and follow directions without knowing what I'm signing. I ain't signing anything. All right. And the, the security guy's right on my backside and he's he's laughing because everybody gets it in the hospital. <laughs> when I got an x-ray, they congratulate me because they knew I was writing letters. They knew about doctor misinformation. They knew about the Judies and everything else. These people know it's coming to a point where it's all going to collapse. Amen. <laughs> rely on ourselves folks amen well so dr dr yaden says it's now up to you he said i've done i've done all i can do all i can do is tell you the truth yeah what are you going to do about it and that's really where we are isn't it isn't that really where we are we we live in evil coach it's not going to go down easy that's what i said at the beginning of the show maybe it was in the pre-show there's such a confluence of evil come you talk about a hurricane there's a hurricane of evil coming like we have never, ever seen. And it's starting because lies rule the day. You lie, you get away with it, no big deal. You can lie, 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 and there's no consequence to it. But we know there is, huh? We know there is a consequence to it. Joe Allen, real quick, I got sh- to show you something. Go ahead, Joe. Biden just had a meeting with these people, the NIH, all, all these funding people. Sign in the funding for this new killer shot that's coming out for this new killer virus. But we, but Joe, we know that we know this, right? Joe, Biden isn't doing this. It, it ain't Biden. That's when I go back to what I just said. I can't believe that our 435 elected officials, none of them, is publicly standing up and say, "Hey, America, this guy is not all there. This guy isn't running the show." Ask yourself that very. Very question. That's right. Somebody, hang on a minute. Can somebody explain to me why the Republicans who want to get in control so badly won't stand up and make that an issue? Right now, they ought to be making it an issue that Joe Biden is incapable of being present. You hear anybody? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I hear my cricket friend over here. You don't hear a damn thing. From the from the politicians, nothing from the Republicans. They can't wait to get power. Oh, really? Or is it just a two card Monty? Are they just playing us all for a bunch of fools? Go ahead, Boom. Joe. I cut you off, Joe. I didn't didn't mean to. Yes, I did. I meant to. I meant to. That's all right. Okay. We know who, we we know he's not in charge. That's right. We know he's not in charge, and we sit around and laugh. <laughs> Somebody's pulling the strings. He's not doing it. <laughs> As our government teeters. It ain't a laughing matter, folks. There's somebody running the government that wasn't elected to run the government. Do you understand that? I think it's Obama and his cabal. That's what I think. That's why they wanted Biden back in there so much, so it could be the third term of Obama. That's what, that's what we're dealing with. But it's not Obama. It's the Luciferians. It's what we're dealing with. Go ahead, Jack, then Paul, and then I'm going to show you something else. Jack, no? Jack's always listening online. Uh, Go, Jack. The, the letter you just read. What? You're breaking up. You sound like George. You sound like George Lewis. George Lewis. That's the name out of the past. Where are you, George? Where are you, George? Come on in, Paul. I can't hear Jack. You talking Paul Weeb or Paul Paul Goslin? Paul Goslin. So you see what's happening in California, right? Uh, they just uh, passed a uh, law that misinformation law for the doctors, right? Yeah. Of course, their fear is they'll lose their job, their material world. We all have to lose our material world for uh-huh. this. Time. Love of okay. money is the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. And if you go to any hospital. The first thing you'll see on the door of the entrance and every damn door in there is this line about the flu. And it's been going on for 20 years. I've always seen, I said, what is it? This isn't hurting anybody. Why are we forcing it? And they're just, 
It just never ends. And you know what, Coach? It's going to end this winter. Mm. Going to end this winter. Hey, nothing hidden will not be revealed. Okay, let me be lighthearted here for a second. Pull up Mr. Skittle for me there, Spence. Skittle, Skittle. Because, look, folks, I want you to understand how gullible and – are you all looking at me? A man can never be a woman. I'm going to say it again real slow. A woman can never be a man. Amen. It's science, folks. It's science. It would be like me uh, – it doesn't it – doesn't, It'd be like me saying I'm LeBron, I've said that before, like I'm LeBron James, being something I'm not when everybody can look at it. Yet they're telling us that a man can be a woman, and we all know that isn't true. We all know it's not true. <laughs> we all know it isn't true. That's why I love the Babylonian bee, Babylon bee, Babylonian bee, Babylon bee. You, you, the sarcasm in this thing. See, this would be humorous if it wasn't so true. And we'll laugh this off, but yet believe that a that such thing as transgender. Oh, we'll laugh this off. It's funny. <laughs> yet they're teaching transgenderism to our children. Voodoo science. Go ahead and play it. Ever since I was mass produced cool. in a factory, people have been trying to put labels on me. Nutrition labels, expiration dates, telling me I was biologically chocolate on the inside. But deep down, I knew I wasn't who they said I was. I was, I am, a Skittle. Part of moving forward is accepting responsibility for your past. The people at Mars Inc., they weren't bad people, they were just ignorant. They thought they knew what candy I was just because they knew my exact chemical composition, but we are not our biology. We're holding ourselves accountable for the way in which accurate product descriptions caused hurt and pain to the trans candy community. I just woke up one day and realized I am not defined by the chocolate center I was made with. I am, and always was, a delicious grape Skittle. And I'm proud of it. So, Mars has committed to never again assigning an identity to the candy we produce. Instead, we'll let each candy decide for himself, or herself, or Skittle self, who they really are. And whatever the candy says... We will falsify nutrition information to make it a reality. Now, reality can truly be whatever we want. And just free. Free at last to be me. The real me. We're even offering every peanut M&M a total nut removal. Free of charge. Because they're free to be themselves. Nuts or no nuts. Having completed my transition to living as a grape skittle, I've been so grateful for the acceptance I've found here at Mars Incorporated. Thanks for accepting a skittle. Like me. That's it, isn't it? Disgusting. Profoundly stupid. Yet that's we're living that folks, we're living that world. Evil. We're living that world, right? You understand, right? This was a uh, this was a sarcasm. It's trying to show how stupid it is that a human being can be a different human. That's what that's what it's trying to show. It ain't about Skittles and M and M's. Kevin, Coach, there was a famous Russian author Dostoevsky who, in one of his books, wrote that when you know you take God out of the fabric of society. It's not that people eventually end up just believing in nothing. It's that they will believe in anything. There we are. That's what we're doing. Craig and Clay. Coach, next time uh, you go to high school, bring in some Skittles and say, hey, kids, we're going to give you some Skittles at the end of the show and then have a nice little bag of Brussels sprouts and hand them (laughs) out and say – Hey, the Brussels sprout, he said he felt like a Skittle today. I mean, it's absurdity, using absurdity to expose absurdity. Craig, 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 here's my point, the seriousness of it. We're letting them teach this stuff to our kids, and we don't even object. We, we, don't, we don't even say anything. It's absurd. Well, it's, you know, hand, hand it to the principal on the way out, too, and say, look, you know, they all got some Skittles, and give them 
a Brussels sprout because that's what you're teaching them. You know, I that's mean, yeah, you, know, you gotta, you gotta just put it back on them and hopefully let the Lord, you know, hit the nail. Well, we do have to stand up and speak up about it. Clay, go. They used to send people to uh, psychiatric wards and and get mental health treatment for stuff like that, Coach. Uh, now we make them teachers. Now we make them teachers. If you thought you were a cat or a dog or something like that, they'd, they'd lock you up. Now it's perfectly okay. Now they put them in classrooms. Angie. Good morning. I just wanted to remind everybody just to look up your biblical feast that tonight is the beginning of Yom Kippur or the Day of Atonement, where we are to pray and reflect and think about what it is we need to change in our lives, make repentance for, not only for us individually, but collectively for our nation and for the world. And so uh, it's, it's uh, going to be a, a good evening tonight. I know a lot of people who are observing this and um, it's just an opportunity for you to kind of stop and take some time to reflect on what it is you need to do, pray and fast and make atonement for, um, you know, what, what you need to make changes in the next coming years. Amen. Amen. Thanks. Uh, Spencer, real quick, I'm going to run out of time here. Put up dumb Americans. Folks, I'm just going to, uh, this is what we're dealing with. This is what we're dealing with. Okay. Spencer, put it at 1.5 speed. It's 10 minutes long. We're not going to watch 10 minutes of it. It ought to make you sick. We laugh, but it ought to make you sick. Go. Country is the Queen of England from originally. Um, I definitely don't know. No, give me, give me your best guess. I guess a country. Mm. What is a country again? Freeze me a second. Freeze me a second. Give me a guess. The question's up here in the corner, okay? What country is the Queen of England from? Go ahead. This is embarrassing. Um, what is a country? What is a country? What is a country? Canada. <laughs> Yes. Do you know what time this is? 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, uh, 245. Yes. Do you know what country the Great Wall of China is in? Country? Yeah. Maybe you have to guess. Japanese? Yes. Do you know what the third month of each year is? Ain't that leap year or some shit? Yeah. Do you know what 15% of 100 is? Fuck. Around what it is, if you have to guess. Probably like 75. I don't know. Yes. Do you know what country we gained our independence from? Spain. Yes. How many inches are in two feet? I don't know. <laughs> Around how many inches? Um. If you have to guess. Five. Yes. Do you know what country the Panama Canal is in? No. If you have to guess, like, what do you think it sounds like it's in? Guess a country. Yep. Yes. Can you name all the months? September, January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August. Yes. Do you know what country the Panama Canal is in? Panama. Spain. Yes. What do we call a, a shape with five sides? Is it an octagon? Wait, that's six. That's eight. Octagon is eight. Is it a stop sign? Yes. Do you know what year the U.S. was founded? Oh, no. I'm not going into that. <laughs> Around when? If you have to guess a year. I do not know. Um. <laughs> your best guess. Okay, you can stop it. This is what we're dealing with, folks. This is what we're dealing with. We laugh our, we laugh our way all, all the way to hell. All the way to all the money we put into education. Yeah, I know he just pulled some kids out of the crowd. I know not everybody's this dumb, but her vote counts the same as yours. Jeff Klein, come on in. Coach, you're speaking about dumb, and you played that Bob's money this morning. Was it the COVID money and all that relief and all, the lies of COVID, the lies of the money going to help these people? You know, I just had a woman walk in my car lot yesterday. She just got her stimulus money, $6,000, just now. I'm like, are you kidding me? Well, Jeff, I just saw this. Uh, folks, we've given out, uh, I'm not making this up. We've given out $8 trillion here in the last uh, two years of relief, a lot of different. And they said uh, fraud, fraud, they know fraud is at least 10%. Bottom line, at least 10%. That's $800 million, no, no, $800 billion fraud. 87,000 IRS agents going to come knock on your door for more. So in essence, we're no dumber than those Skittles. We're no, we're no dumber than those people standing on the corner there in New York City. Because don't ever forget this. The word ignorance, ignorance, at the root of the word ignorance, the root word is Ignore. Ignore. So people are ignorant when they ignore the obvious. 
when they ignore the truth, they are ignorant. They're not stupid. They're ignorant. They are choosing to believe something that is not true. Now, let me ask you a question. Who's more ignorant? Those who teach lies to our children or those of us who pay for those lies to be taught? Boom. See you tomorrow.